Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hello, listeners. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists, and this podcast is our weekly date for getting on microphones and talking with one another and with you about what's mattering to us this week. We are so glad you're here. And hi, sweetheart. Hi, honey. So nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. I'm so sad that you only had one week last week to use your Halloween sounds effects machine. I just feel like I can't use it today though. It's the first of November. I know, and this will come out on the second, so it's not even like all Hallows Eve. Like it's you just there's no justification. But it's really sad. I miss it already. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, is there a day of the dead carve out somehow? I don't know. I don't don't think so. I don't think so. Well last last week's episode was super spooky though. If you if you missed the Halloween sounds uh, episode, just go back and listen to last week's episode. Yeah, the coffin shaped noise maker was in full effect. I used it like I don't know two dozen times. Mm-hmm. It was really well done though. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I've been practicing with that thing for a number of years, and I really feel like I've mastered the nuances of a coffin shaped noise maker. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> uh, shall we start off with some announcements? 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 Are you gonna sing the song? It doesn't really count. Announcements! Announcements! No, announcements. sing the song. Announcements! 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 Okay. Oh, I love I just it. Feel a little silly sometimes. Some Yo, it's it, a silly freaking song. It is. So some that day, pencils out. Some days I don't feel like being silly. Oh like, I well. Don't feel like it. Well, you know don't what? Wanna. Some days I don't feel like putting on pants, but you got to go to the grocery store. <laughs> okay, whatever. You know what I mean? So, yes, I have an announcement. What is we it? We have a new album coming out December 2nd. It's a Shannon Curtis album. It's called Good To Me. It's freaking great, you guys. I don't even know if I, we mentioned that last week, but it's really, really good. <laughs> and I know that I'm one of the two people who made it, but, like, objectively speaking, it's easily the best work we've ever done. Shannon was in rare form. She wrote amazing songs. Shannon taught herself synthesizers and drum machines and did most of the production on this record, like the arrangements and the programming, you know, uh, and it's just, it's got so much of her personality and it's got so much of my personality in it. The songs are great. It sounds killer. A song from it's already been getting a ton of radio play, even though the record's not even officially out yet. Like it's a good record. You should be waiting for this to come out. It's coming out December 2nd. We're so excited. We're going to have a telethon for 10 days starting on December 2nd. So put that in your calendar. It's going to be our normal Facebook and Instagram variety show to help us with this album release. There's one very simple thing that you can do right now. Just pause the podcast like two seconds from now and go follow Shannon on Spotify. We'll wait. I'm waiting. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Seriously, just go to Spotify, find, just search for Shannon Curtis and just follow her. Just doing that will really, really help. And if you want to help even a little bit more, just play some of her music while Why you're not? there. While you're there. Yeah, because what those two things do is they engage Spotify's algorithms in a way that helps us. Because you know how all these social media sites and Spotify has kind of got a social media component, like they're all just based on algorithms. So when you interact with stuff, what that does in the same way, like when you like something on Instagram, it puts it into someone else's feed because they like the same things you like. Same thing on Spotify. When you play some of Shannon's music, it goes out and finds people who like what you like and it suggests it to them. And that's that way more people get to hear Shannon. And you want that, right? We want that. Thank you. Everyone here wants that. Yeah. So thanks. Thank you. Do you have any other announcements? The only other announcement I have that's music related is uh, that it is personal song season. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you don't know what personal songs are, let me just briefly tell you. A personal song is a song that I will write for you based on your thoughts, feelings, stories, whatever. Hunches. <laughs> About somebody that you love. Yeah. Uh, I have written personal songs for people to give as gifts to 
like partners, spouses, mm-hmm. boyfriends, girlfriends, etc. But also fiancés. Yeah. Also uh, parents, grandparents, children, yep. like grown children, sometimes child age children. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever kind of scenario you can imagine, if there's somebody special in your life that you want to give a really special gift to this coming holiday season and you're racking your brain and you're like, I just don't know what to get this person. They are like one of the most important people in my life and I want them to know that and I want this gift to help say that to them. A personal song is something that you should consider doing. Yeah. You can hire me to write this song for you and, and record I, it and too record and it. sing it. Exactly. All those things. And you will give you can give this as a gift to that loved one. So if you're interested in learning more about how this works, what the pricing is, send me an email, Shannon at misfitstars.com. And I will send you information. Um, I have room in my schedule because we're releasing this album in December. Yeah. I only have room to do a couple of these. So a, hand, a, a small handful, a few, maybe few is the word three, I'm looking for. Maybe three. Like maybe about three, yeah. So um, if you want to get in on this and you want to be one of those few spots that I can do this year, send me that email quickly. If you're curious, what does a personal song sound like? What does it sound like when someone expresses their love for someone else in a song mediated by Shannon? You can hear a bunch of examples on Shannon's website at shannoncurtis.net slash personal songs. Uh, and there's a yellow link that you can click to hear examples of like acoustic ones or full production ones, which are like bigger sounding. It's mm-hmm. it's cool. There's a bunch of stuff to listen to. So if you're curious about that, go visit there. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy, how are you feeling today? <sighs> Thanks for asking. Uh, like to share zone, I'm feeling tired but strong. Okay. To <laughs> <laughs> share zone is this silly uh, internet account that we follow, that, that I follow. You really. follow, but and I, that y- you might as well follow because I read you all their things. Uh, right. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, half the time I'm like chuckling and half the time I'm rolling my eyes. So I'm like, I'm like unwillingly following. Yeah. <laughs> via you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, tired but strong. Okay. I feel good. Uh, also, I just, I've been hyped. I was hyped up last night. I went to bed hyped up. Mm. Uh, just got some good news about something work-related and just like the possibilities were spinning around my brain because I get so excited about things, yeah. you know. Uh, so I didn't quite get to sleep as quickly as I could have. Had to wake up early to do election volunteering. Between those sort of candle at both ends situations, mm. I just didn't quite get enough hours But also, I am in a good mood. I feel resilient. I feel excited about the work I have ahead of me tonight. Good. Going to cross a couple things off our checklist of to-dos as we approach album release time. Mm Going to get the book submitted for proofs. (gasps) There's a a book that goes with the album. Oh, yeah. And we're getting proofs not just in paperback, but also in (gasps) hardcover. You're the first to hear about that. Oh man, hardcover book. I thought that book. was maybe a secret. But well, no I longer. Guess it's not anymore. Oh man, it's okay. so exciting, you guys. Uh, so things are moving forward. I'm excited about all of it. How are you feeling? I'm good. Before I say uh, what, what I'm feeling, though, yeah, we uh, who did? Oh, it was a, it was a comedian that we watched this weekend, Eliza yeah. Schlesinger. If you haven't seen her, she's amazing. We watched yeah, her, she is. her latest special on Netflix, and she's she's been married for four years, and she said in this in this. Uh, comedy routine. Okay, I've been married for four years and I know what marriage is. She's like, I know all you like long-termers are going to roll your eyes at me, but here's what marriage is. Marriage is waking up for the rest of your life and talking to somebody about how you slept. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's also this podcast. Like so much of the time when yep. we talk about how we're feeling, yeah. it's how we slept last night. <laughs> right? 
Hey, it affects things. <laughs> it totally does. It no. really does. Sleep is important. It is. Uh, but on that note, I'm also tired. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think it's just, uh, it, it's a combination of, I'm tired, but not, it's not bad, not bad tired. I, it's a combination of like the seasons changing and I'm like feeling that, you know, how like when, when the, when it starts getting darker earlier and like, it's been rainy here lately and so cold and like, I just, I'm feeling my body kind of morph into winter mode, you know, yeah. like, and so much. Like you're a little bear. Yeah. Like I'm a little bear. So yeah. I'm feeling that kind of tired. Um, but I'm also feeling kind of serene as that's the word that I identified. And I, gosh, for all like external reasons, I shouldn't be feeling serene. There's a massively important election one week from right now as we're recording this, like that, that really will define our future in terms of how much democracy we get yeah. to keep in our country. Uh, and, the Western world. There's a lot riding on yeah, it. Yeah. And, and so like, I really shouldn't, I, like, it seems like I shouldn't feel serenity right now, but I do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's in part just because I've been using my tools to kind of deal with the stressors of the world. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, like one of the things, one of the, one of the massively important things for me in that is to, focus on the things that I can, that I do have the power to change, mm -hmm. right? Uh, letting go of the stuff I don't have the power to change, but focusing on the things I do have the power to change. And, you know, we did, we did a four-hour shift of volunteering for election work this morning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got to help a few voters get their situations figured out in terms of, like, getting their voting done. And yeah. that felt Pure, good. Fixing their absentee ballots so their vote that might not have been counted gets counted. Yeah. It's a big deal. It is. So, you know, like, it's a, it's, it's a small thing, but, like, I feel like I'm doing the small thing that I can do. And mm -hmm. so it's contributing to my sense of peace, which is nice. It's great. I feel that way, too, about That's that. That's good. Yeah. Excellent. Well, shall we fire up the good news machine? You want to go first? Okay. I will go first. Uh, this is really good news. It's great news. Um, I am just going to quote the headline from, uh, from the Washington Post about this. Former Brazilian President Luis Inácio Lula da Silva, known colloquially as Lula. Uh, known fondly. Known fondly, excuse as me. Lula, as Lula, yeah. He's an icon of the Latin American left. He defeated President Jair Bolsonaro on Sunday to win a third term leading the region's largest country. He won the Brazilian election. Yep. Uh, this More to the point, he defeated Bolsonaro, who's a freaking nightmare. He's a fascist. <laughs> and the reason like, that I'm citing Brazilian political news is that one of the reasons that this is such great news for the planet mm -hmm. is that um, under the quote unquote leadership of Bolsonaro. He's like the Brazilian the, Trump, if you guys don't know him. He's like, he patterned himself after Trump and had the similar, a similarly destructive slash don't do anything good approach to quote unquote governing. Right, exactly. And, but under his quote unquote leadership <laughs> uh, in his presidency, the, I mean, for years, the Amazon rainforest has been taking a beating. Yeah. But under his presidency, it was declining in a rapid fashion. And yeah. a lot of experts who pay attention to the Amazon um, had, had said that if, if Bolsonaro were to have won this election this past week, that the the Amazon, he, he, he doesn't want any protections for the rainforest. He yeah. wants people to come in and be able to clear cut all they want and do all the, right. you know, because I mean, he takes bribes from these people yeah. and like, it's all, it's, it's all corrupt just- Corrupt as shit. Yeah. So- they, a lot of these experts were saying that under another Bolsonaro presidency, they really 
thought that the the fate of the Amazon rainforest was sealed and that it would reach a tipping point mm -hmm. at which it would never recover. Yeah. The reason this is so important for the planet is that the Amazon Amazon rainforest is one of the major drivers of our our of our healthy climate. Yeah. Like it, it soaks up carbon dioxide. It it also it also is like the Amazon rainforest I was reading about this like it affects it it it, it is responsible for um systems that create rainfall in places all over the globe. Yeah. Like it's not just localized. It's yeah. not just that it soaks up carbon, which it does. It yeah. soaks up it's also a huge percentage of the world's carbon. Yes, that is a very important part yeah. of it. But also like in terms of like weather patterns and stuff, like it has an, a massive impact yep. all over the globe. So Lula has a really, uh, a really strong record on environmentalism and um, has a plan to stop the deforestation mm. of the Amazon rainforest. Like, honestly, that that presidential victory by Lula um, reverberates way beyond Brazil because it, it's, mm -hmm. it's going to... I mean, we still have a ton of work to do on climate change regardless of what happened in Brazil mm. last week. Like, it's not just that the Amazon's going to save us, but this is a major piece. It really helps. In terms of us actually... Um, Making and and keeping an a, an, a habitable cl uh, planet for humanity. Yeah, let's say that five times fast. A no. habitable planet for humanity. Hey, good job. Thank you. I'll, yeah. just, I'll just stop it once. Okay, <laughs> let's say this one time. So, what do you have? What's your good news? I've got great news also, and this is from the U.S. Court of Appeals, uh, the D.C. Circuit. Okay, a judge named Florence Pan blocked the Penguin Random House and Simon and Schuster merger. Oh, that's right, because there are two big book, book publishers who wanted to merge. Yeah. And this judge said, nope, sorry, you can't do that. Yeah, it's a huge victory for antitrust enforcement. It's a huge blow against continuing monopolization. Mm -hmm. It's all the things that we want to happen with antitrust in this country. Because, like, you guys, if you haven't been noticing, there's only, like, four companies anymore. I know, right? You know, and two of them were trying to merge. Right, right. And it was potentially going to be a really bad thing. Because, I mean, Shannon and I know this as musicians. Positions. Like when little labels, when, like when little artistic outlets get bought mm. and bought and bought and merge and consolidate, eventually what you end up with is a situation where there's only like three or four behemoths right. who completely control all the financial terms for the entire rest of the industry right. because they have such a massive consolidated size that no one else can get a word in edgewise. Right. Because if they have 80% of the market, why would anyone let the other 20% speak? They're not at the table when it comes to setting like right. the price that people get paid to write books right. or to make music right. or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And so, you know, blocking people from merging is is the very least that we should be doing, especially when they're this huge. Right. They each have, like, massive market power already, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and indeed, probably some of these should be broken back up. Right. Like, one of the two companies is Penguin Random House. Right. That <laughs> used to be two Penguin companies. and Random House. Right, exactly. You know? Well, and I think you know, it, it not only does it affect like uh, the creators, like what the what the creators get paid, it also affects the you know the consumers who are you know buying these books. Yes. But also, when you're talking about a publishing company, you're when you've consolidated power like that, you also start getting into the area of like what kind of stuff gets published, That's what right. kind of ideas get made into That's books, right. and like in the wrong hands. You know, those, like, if you're, if you put, if you make that decision, if you put that decision in the hands of just, like, you know, 
bajillionaires who only have power and wealth in, in mind, mm-hmm. you can start getting into a situation where like only the ideas that they think need to be put forward are, are actually published. You know what I mean? A hundred percent true. Yeah. And another thing that could happen is that like you have quotas for things, right? Like we, we can only put, we can only publish books by four black authors this year. <laughs> You know, and if there were five companies doing that, okay, that's 20 authors. That's, you know, just just an imaginary Mm. example, but you see my point. But if it's one company, it it decreases the diversification of the kinds of ideas that are put out. And this happens with music also, you know, like if you only have three big companies running essentially the top 40 market, all the songs on the freaking top 40 radio sound like each other. (laughs) And you hear that. If you've, I don't know if you've ever turned on top 40, top 40 radio recently, it's hard sometimes to tell when one song ends and another begins. Yeah, totally. So this is in the book industry, and it's good. It's good news. It's great news. And also, like, it's great news in this specific instance. It's also great news for what it kind of means about where antitrust is going in this country and the success that this department is having Mm -hmm. under its renewed leadership. Right. So it's a trend toward breaking up monopolies or keeping monopolies. We're hoping it is. Yes. It's a big deal. That would be good. Uh, Shall we get less dumb? Class? Anyone? Anyone? I've got one. Do you? Uh, yes, go ahead. Okay. So mine is, uh, I just want everyone to know. So you know how Elon Musk bought Twitter last week, right? <sighs> That's bad for a number of reasons. Uh, mostly, Speaking of bajillionaires who uh, decide what, what happens in the public square. <laughs> we, sh- we maybe shouldn't outsource all decisions about what we can talk about as a body politic to someone who was born in an emerald mind. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Emerald mine. mine. Yeah. I get you. Yeah, you know, I'll just throw that out there. But, you know, Twitter, it's entirely probable is going to go downhill really, really fast for some really obvious reasons that I don't need to get into here, but you can Google it if you have a phone. I mean, I can give you one example. In the first day of his ownership of Twitter, the use of the N-word went up 500%. Well, he's explicitly said that he's going to be much more lax about quote-unquote free speech, which just means letting racists and bigots uh, have... Free reign. Floodgate opens Yeah, up. which is really bad. Mm-hmm. So there has been a big migration. People are like, well, what do we do? Where do we go from Twitter? Where do we get that kind of interaction with, you know, strangers on the internet in that cool, just like little bite-sized way? Connections with people and ideas. Yes. So, yeah. There is a Twitter replacement. It's called Mastodon. Shannon and I have spent this last week setting up and getting to, setting up accounts and getting to know the environment. And it's early days, but it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I would say that can be described as a Twitter replacement, but I don't think it's a. I don't. I think it's so much more. It's than so that. much more. Yeah, it's yeah. it's an open architecture, right? So Twitter is like a single thing. It is a siloed thing. It's a it's one website, Twitter.com, and that is it. And like the service runs on Twitter.com, and everyone signs up there, and it's controlled tightly. It's a single point of control where the corporate structure that controls Twitter can dictate your experience there, and they do so mm-hmm. algorithmically and coercively through advertising and data mining, et cetera, right? right? Uh, Mastodon is, it's like WordPress in that it's a free open source code project mm-hmm. that is like you could, like anyone can install it. Like I could install, we could install a Mastodon server at our house and then we would have a little Mastodon instance when we could each have an account. Maybe we could, friends of ours could have accounts, but any instance of Mastodon can be linked into what's called the Fediverse, which just is a federation of servers that make a universe, like a little world that you can occupy and all the instances can see each other and talk to each other. So it's like the phone system. It's like I'm in my town and you're in your town and you guys are in your town over there. 
there. But and there's because different we're, phone companies, yeah, maybe. You know? Sure, that's right. But like there is Verizon and there's Sprint and there's T-Mobile. But because they all share common protocols, they can all talk to each other and see each other. You can text yes. between them. You can make phone calls, whatever. Right. Uh, and it's exactly the same thing with this. And so it's not just Twitter also. Like there's this thing called PixelFed, Pixel Federation, short for, mm -hmm. which is like an Instagram replacement that also uses the same communication protocols. So you can see like, it's like being able to see someone's Instagram feed from Twitter, mm -hmm. but you can do this on Mastodon. Like mm -hmm. you can follow people who are doing sort of typey things like Twitter does or who are sharing pictures like Instagram. You can see them all in the same timeline. Right. And I think to be like perfectly accurate, the thing, it's the big umbrella over the thing itself is not a, is not Mastodon. Mastodon is one of the things yes, that's that right. you can use as a portal to the federation yeah. of servers yeah. that sort of operate in conjunction with each other like yes, this. Yes, that's true. One of the really cool things about this, and I'm learning so much about this this last week, is that, you know, like, so we were just talking about with Twitter, like so much of the, the some of the issues there has been that, you know, it's been used and abused by trolls, bigots, racists, um, you know, people wanting to spread disinformation and that kind of thing. And Twitter itself has had to, you know, try to figure out how to moderate that in a way that uh, that keeps the space friendly for advertisers. its users and, frankly, its advertisers. Yeah. yeah. And so they've had to, you know, try they to... They don't give two shits about the users, just to be clear. Well, it's all about advertisers. But... The advertisers care about the users. Therefore, that it is part the of the advertisers equation. care about not being associated with a negative user experience. It also matters. So it also like matters that the users don't flee. <laughs> if the users leave on Moss because it's a crappy place to be, then Twitter loses out. I think we're saying okay, the same thing. We are okay. So here's the thing: like if 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 Twitter one this one entity where it's all like you said hosted on this one website, they've got to deal with all the content moderation, right? It gets out of hand. It gets it gets you know to the point where like it's just impossible. There's so many people, you know, flooding the gates with like misinformation, disinformation, racism, bigotry, hate speech, whatever. Um, like it becomes like a massive task to do that because the Fediverse is federated, right? Because it's like a bunch of smaller servers. It's decentralized. It's decentralized. Each little server has their own like moderation policy. So, so Mastodon.social is the one that we signed up with. Yeah. And like the 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 rules of the road for that when we signed up were very great. It yeah. was like Basically, like it's all the stuff that you that you want. Like it was no hate speech. It was no disinformation. It was no like they. There's very clear things you cannot do on this server, or it'll get booted, right? And it was all the things that you would sort of hope it, and yeah. imagine that, like in a civilized place, like this is how it would be. I've, I've got it here. Here's the ground rules for when we signed up: sexually explicit or violent media must be marked as sensitive when posting. No racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia, or casteism. Hmm. No incitement of violence or promotion of violent ideologies. No harassment, dogpiling, or doxing of other users. Mm -hmm. Do not share intentionally false or misleading information. And my favorite one, which is just the best kind of euphemism in the world, no content illegal in Germany. <laughs> so don't be a fucking Nazi. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yes. Because Germany actually has laws about that yeah. in Germany. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. So like because because these each server has its own sort of terms of service and each server is moderating their users and it's much, each one is a smaller group. It's not like one big group of people. Um, it, it The moderation can actually be done. Yeah. And, and, 
And the fact of the matter is that like the people who want it, there are people who are on the Fediverse who are trying to come on there and be racists and bigots and whatever, but they kind of get forced into their own little silos, hollering at each other about their racism and bigotry. Which is great. Which is fine. Go ahead and talk to yourselves, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. I don't care. But like as long as it's not um, becoming abusive, it, it, it's not allowed to become abusive to the rest of the people who just want to have sane conversations yeah. about things, which is lovely. So... Yeah, it is good news. It's very, very good news. It's and good, it, it's, it's good. early days. And, you know, it feels to me like the internet felt in, like, 1995 when it was just brand new and exciting and you could, like, get an AOL CD and just, like, throw that into your, like, computer and you could just be online just talking with some random person in a chat room in a different country. And it was just exciting and weird and new and just... It's like that same Wild West feeling of adventuresomeness, but with 2022 levels of modernity and functionality. That's so cool. I didn't really have that that early internet experience. And so I, I this is new to me too. But what this does feel like to me so far is... Like, it feels like a democratic internet. Yes. Like, it feels like... The people's internet. It's collaborative. It's collaborative. Like we're making it together. Yeah, yeah. And not that we're just like, you know, uh, giving ourselves away to some big corporation that's, yeah. you know, trying to make a bunch of money off of us all and all off of all of our data and all our conversations and everything. You Oligarchs I mean? have convinced us somewhere in the last 20 years that the internet is just like three websites, right? It's twitter.com, <laughs> facebook.com, and instagram.com. And most people, and maybe Google. Google. Right? Yeah. And, and most people don't really on their own go to anything other than those three big websites. I mean, people have niche interests, Pinterest, whatever. But you see my right. point, right? Yep, totally. It used to just be this decentralized thing and they forced us all into these silos that then they monetize. Right. It's all just sort of based on monetization. Right. When the internet back in its like tech utopia origins mm. was designed to be a way for people to be connected in a free way. Right. And the, like what the internet has become in the last 20 years is kind of the exact opposite mm -hmm. of that. It's interesting. It's interesting. I'm really curious to see if this takes off with people enough that we can kind of reclaim the internet as our own space. Man. That'd be really great. It would be cool. Yeah. Um, so I have an item for our let's get less done. What you got? Uh, section. This is really fun. This is just I'm gonna I'm gonna paint the picture here for okay. you. It's just a little factoid about a celebrity that I didn't know, and I was just it was really interesting. Celebrity facts. Do it's we have a, a bumper for this? No, we don't. But <laughs> it's just it's still really good. Okay, so Julia Roberts had her birthday last week. She turned 55 on October 28th. Okay. Um, when when Julia Roberts' parents were young, uh, like before she was born, uh, they ran a theater school in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometime before Julie was born, they became friends with a black family that was prominent in the civil rights movement in, in Atlanta. The reason that the friendship began was that the family called up the, the, the parents, Julie Roberts' parents, who ran this school, and asked the Roberts if uh, they would accept their kids as students because they had been turned away at other schools. This okay. prominent black family in Atlanta. Were they turned away because they were black? Did he even of say? Course. Oh, God. Yes. Um, so the Roberts said yes, of course. And so the kids joined the school. And the couples became friends. And when Julia was born, her artist parents didn't have the money to pay the hospital bill for her delivery. Mm. And so 55 years ago this year, Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King paid for Julia Roberts' parents' hospital bill after she was born. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Like it was the King's kids that went to their school? Yes. Oh. 
Isn't that an amazing story? I like, love it. Just unexpected out of nowhere. Like, wait, what? Wow. And I saw Julie Roberts actually talking about this herself in an interview with Gail King. So um, not related to the King family. Gail King, the journalist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, super interesting, right? I love it. Yeah. Join us next time on Celebrity Coincidences. <laughs> well, you know what? You're listening right now. You're going to use this at your next dinner party conversation. You're going to be like, guess what I learned? And yeah. you're going to feel really smart and less dumb. And so there we go. That's I love why it. it's in the less, let's get less dumb That's section. That's actually really good. <laughs> All right. I'm under the impression you may have something also for the suggestion box. I want to speak to your manager now, please. I do. Mm. Uh, it's very it's very brief. And um, I would like to make this suggestion to the state of Washington, where I live. Mm -hmm. Dear state of Washington, I want an I voted sticker. I know. Okay. We here in the state of Washington, I have to say, we've got a great voting system it's here. Good. Like everybody votes absentee here. We don't have actual polling places. There are a few in-person polling places for people who don't have a residential address at which to have a ballot sent. So you can't, like if you're an unhoused person, you can still vote mm -hmm. here because of those polling places. But everybody else votes absentee. We all get mail-in ballots. Yeah. And it's a wonderful system. Um, we we get them in the mail. We fill them out at home. We do our signature on the back of the envelope and we take them to a drop box or we can put them, put them in the mail. Either Postage way. Postage paid. Postage paid. Um, before you put it in the envelope, though, you tear off the top of the ballot. It's like a little perforation area. And the little perforation area, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, look, there's my voting sticker because it says a little oval, like it looks like a sticker shape. It says, I it voted. Says, I voted. And I'm like, oh, actually, that's not a sticker. It's just a freaking piece of paper. And I'm so disappointed. I it's bullshit. used to love getting my little sticker. Yep. Even in California, when we voted absentee, they would send you a sticker yeah. with your absentee ballot. So I would proudly wear that sucker yeah. <laughs> the day I voted, always. Oh, 100%. I'm 40. How old am I now? You're 48. I'm 48. I'm 48 years old, right. I'm 48. I still want to wear my voting sticker. God totally. damn it. Like I, I, I love, I love stickers. I wonder if it just need to get a little roll to have around the house. Okay, but but really, I want the state of Washington, like a plus on your voting. It's really system good here, Washington State. But it would be like a plus plus mm -hmm. if you gave us a sticker. Yeah. Like I would pay a little bit more in taxes if we could just have totally voting stickers. I really would. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. So that's the end of my suggestion. Box I would pay item. a nickel more in taxes. <laughs> Because you got to imagine that would still be them making a profit on it. Oh, for sure. Because doing it at scale, one hundred whole state. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would it would really be nice. Okay, I think that's a great suggestion. We'll have to get that to the manager. <laughs> well, Jamie, this feels important. Please hold for a very important message. Yeah. So, so I just got. There's no way to say it, so I just got to say it. What? Uh, Trump is planning to challenge the Pennsylvania election, and it has been for months. What? Months and months and months. Like the, uh, the Pennsylvania election for governor and Senate that's happening? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. the whole thing. So there is this article. Uh, it was sort of a kind of scoop situation published in Rolling Stone last week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've excerpted and organized a handful of paragraphs from to kind of paint the picture. Uh, it's appalling. Yeah. And I am going to... Sort of summarize uh, to, for us. I'm going to read it. So... In early September, Donald Trump welcomed a handful of Republican allies to Manhattan's Trump Tower with an urgent message. He saw a scam happening with midterm election voting in Philadelphia and elsewhere in Pennsylvania, and he wanted conservatives to do something about it. 
In recent months, Trump has convened a series of in-person meetings and conference calls to discuss laying the groundwork to challenge the 2022 midterm election results for people familiar with the conversations tell Rolling Stone. On what basis? In these conversations, pro-Trump groups, attorneys, Republican Party activists, and MAGA diehards often discuss the type of scorched-earth legal tactics they could deploy. And they've gamed out scenarios for how to aggressively challenge elections, particularly ones in which a winner is not declared on election night. If there's any what? hint of doubt about the winners, the teams plan to wage aggressive court campaigns and la launch a media blitz. Trump himself set the blueprint for this on election night 2020, if you remember, when... With the race far from decided, he went on national TV to remember this, to declare, yeah. frankly, we did win this election. Right, it was appalling. Trump has been briefed on plans in multiple states and critical races, including in Georgia, but Pennsylvania has grabbed his interest most keenly, including in the Senate contest between Democrat John Fetterman and the Trump-endorsed GOP contender Mehmet Oz. If the Republican does not win by a wide enough margin to trigger a speedy concession from Fetterman, or if the vote tally is close on or after election night, Trump and other Republicans are already preparing to wage a legal and activist crusade against the quote-unquote election integrity of Democratic strongholds such as the Philly area. Oh my God. And here's kind of the kicker from what I excerpted here. Trump is gripped by the belief that he got cheated in Philadelphia in 2020, and this time around, he has privately demanded his allies concentrate additional firepower and legal resources in the Commonwealth's largest and most racially diverse metro areas. What was the first part that Trump is plagued by the belief? Gripped by the gripped belief. Gripped by the belief that, he, that it was stolen from him. He knows that that's Give me not the case. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I think he does know, right? On one level. Yeah. But also I think that the guy is so completely just bought into his own sense of his ego that he has to believe lies. I think that's to right. To support the, a reality that doesn't exist. Or he'll, like, crumble. Yes. Yeah. And the final sentence here. In recent weeks, according to two people with knowledge of the situation, the ex-president has asked several advisors and at least one of his attorneys what national and Pennsylvania Republicans are doing to prevent Democrats from, in his words, stealing it in Philadelphia like they did last time. Come on. It's just black people voting. I know. That's I, the problem no, that I he know, has. I know. He had, like, not only did he not win, but because of black people, it's the exact same thing that we saw in Detroit, it's the exact same thing that we saw in Milwaukee. Oh, in the 2020 election. In the 2020 election, election yes, you know? Uh -huh. Like, he was never questioning the votes in Madison because it's mostly white. You know what I mean? He was questioning mm -hmm. the votes in Milwaukee because it's black. Right. Right? It's no, it's just, all fueled by racism. It's, it's so disgusting. bad, but, like, this is coming down the pike. And so I, think, I just want everyone to be aware. Like, the, the thing, I guess, that we, like, I'm always thinking about these things, like, what, what can we do about it? Obviously, we can't, like do much. But what we can do is like talk in our circles of influence yeah. about the idea that votes get counted many days after elections yeah. happen and the results are not you don't get voting results on the night of the election. Unless it's like, unless it's a place like Washington State where we live, where it's just, it, the, the, the gap is so wide, the margin is so wide, they'll be counting votes until Friday, but like we'll know by Tuesday night for most of the races because it's, it's going to be 70 to 30. If it's not close. It's not 49 to 48. Right, and it also matters the region, like different states have different laws about like when votes can start being counted like and i think that pennsylvania is one of those places yeah. where they legally can't start counting votes until until polls have closed like 8 p.m. election night. election day so they can't so, count all the early votes they can't get a head start on votes that have come in early. It's yeah. bonkers. And so, right. So, like, that's that's so frustrating. Yeah. It's it's just so bizarre to me that, like, we're just going to declare that we won if, we, if we're leading a, on election night. It's just, 
It's well, just all and like one insider source put it to Rolling Stone that yeah. this is a dress rehearsal for Trump 2024. Of course it is. Like this is explicitly this is them practicing so yeah. they can do it effectively in 2024. Oh my gosh. It's just all so bad and also <laughs> scary. It is. Because there's so many people who are so easily swayed by powerful media figures. And for mm -hmm. someone like him to use that power irresponsibly mm -hmm. is just so, so dangerous. Well, and also, like, you know, it perpetuates this narrative that, like, they're, they're, they're in an unsupported un, uh, way, they're perpetuating a narrative that there's voter fraud, yeah. which does not exist in any sort of a meaningful way no. anywhere in this country. Like, Seriously, like the, the, there have been like I think twelve instances of like twelve uh, instances of voter fraud that have been like prosecuted since the twenty like in from the twenty twenty election. Yeah, like twelve and like a hundred and thirty million people voted or something like that. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Twelve twelve votes is not any like that. It didn't make any sort of meaning. And also, Republicans Most of those were Republicans. Republicans actually. have been making accusations of Democratic voter fraud since the Motor Voter Bill in 1994 yes. under Clinton, right? It's been perpetuating a myth. And they have been going at this for like, I mean, 38 years, right? Did and, I get the math on that right? Uh, yeah, 28 years, 28 like, years. Tw okay, 28 years. Uh, but regardless, nearly three decades, they have been actively looking for voter fraud, and they've never managed to find any. Right. And so here's what's <laughs> here's what's happened. Right. They've perpetuated this lie. Republican politicians are happy to keep perpetuating that lie mm -hmm. because it riles up people in their base who now really believe that like the 2020 election was stolen from yeah. Trump, which is like the furthest thing from the truth. Yeah. But like a big sizable portion of the people who vote Republican in this country will still believe that Trump that, the, that Trump actually won in 2020 and that it was stolen from him. It's all based on these lies that, mm -hmm. that keep getting laundered through right-wing media. Like Fox News is going to report this like potential voter fraud in Pennsylvania yeah. as though it's like a really potential actual thing For sure. when it's completely baseless to begin with. Yep. But it perpetuates this idea in people's brains and it leads to, guess what? Thousands of people descending upon the Capitol on January 6, 2021 and attacking Congress to try to stop the, the transfer of power it, and, and the violent deaths of people because of that. It results in the guy who showed up at Nancy Pelosi's house last mm -hmm. week threatening to kidnap and murder her ended up beating her husband on, in the head with a hammer. Yeah. Because he believes that the elections were stolen. It's all based on lies. Yeah, it's wild. Like it's, it doesn't, it's not like this thing that just has like, you know, doesn't have any repercussions. Like, okay, well, it'll, it'll get settled in the courts and they won't actually get anywhere. No, even if they don't get anywhere in the courts because they don't have actual legal arguments or legal basis for these challenges, it still is affecting our body politic in a way that's it's poisoned us. I mean, 100%. Like, and there's a couple of ramifications that we're seeing in real time right now. Like, there's voter intimidation already happening around the country, you know? Mm, we're oh. seeing it uh, in Texas. We're seeing it, uh, I think, also in- Arizona. Arizona, that's right. That's mm -hmm the most recent one that got reported. And then also, like, with the work that we're doing, volunteering for uh, Wisconsin Democrats mm -hmm. on the voter protection team, I can't tell you how many people I talk to on each of my volunteer shifts who express to me over the phone, a perfect stranger, mm -hmm. how concerned they are for our democracy and, and how worried, in some cases, they are either to vote mm. or that someone is trying to make it so their vote doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they have a reason to be afraid about that. Yeah, it's very scary. Yeah. Scary stuff. Yeah, so, you know, it, when 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 we're talking about 
the election with people that are in our lives, friends, family, on social media, with our, you know, coworkers, people on the street, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, let's start, let's, let's normalize this idea that, you know, our elections in this country, we've been really lucky to have free and fair elections. Yeah. That and very well run elections. And very, yeah. And voter fraud does not exist in any sort, in any kind of a meaningful you know, way that would actually have impacted any of the elections in the past. Um, this is, you know, let, let's just, let's, let's, let's build up trust in the system yeah. in ways that we can because what the Republicans are trying to do is tear down trust in the system yeah. so that they can get in there and just do what they want. Yep. They can exploit that. And install whomever they'd like. Exactly. Do you have something also? Uh, it's just that to, the, we, the election's next week. Vote. If you haven't voted yeah. already, what are you doing? Like, get out there. Get to early vote if you can. Vote absentee if you're able. Uh, make your plan. Get out there and vote. Like, I understand that so much of this feels like it can feel discouraging, you know, to 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 hear, like, the story like you're talking about in Pennsylvania, you know, um, it can feel like what what is even the point with all these, like, powerful figures, you know, doing their darndest to, to try to take a wrecking ball to our democracy. Yeah. It is that much more important that every single one of us uses our right to vote and goes and vote. And honestly, I'm just going to like recommend that you vote Democrat. Like I I don't, like I, I'm, I'm usually not one who's like, just vote Democrat. Da, 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 da. But honestly, like all the like down ballot races, like, like a full, like it's like half, more than half of the Republican candidates across the country, down ballot and big races alike, um, are candidates who don't believe that the last election was fair. Or who are saying that to try to gain partisan advantage. They're election deniers. Like, it, we're just kind of like in an all-hands-on-deck situation. We really need to be able to maintain control, democratic control of the House and Senate If you believe year. in democracy, you cannot responsibly vote Republican right can't. now. Because Republicans across the board, nationwide right now, and at every local level, yes. are working to subvert democracy to install... Uh, ethno-fascism. Yeah. And we just can't do that because that's oh. not democracy. So if you believe in democracy, for now, <laughs> set aside whatever your personal beliefs are and vote Democrat Seriously. until we get out of this. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we can get some voting rights legislation passed nationwide yes. to restore a sense of equilibrium and balance just to make it so people can't cheat like this. Yes. And then then go vote Republican. Once once it's a fair you want. once it's a fair level playing field again, go vote Republican. But you can't do that now. No, we can't. Uh, and also, you know, just one final sort of exhortation here. Like, if you're not voting, what you're actually doing is you're giving your vote to someone who thinks about things in a way that you would find abhorrent. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Think about what the worst person out there thinks about stuff and then realize that by not voting, you're giving your vote to them. Yes. So go vote. That's a good call. Yeah. Um, I believe that we really do need to cruise into the Inspiration Station. Inspiration Station. Real bad. Real bad. You want to go first or you want me to? I'll go. Okay. So uh, mine, oftentimes I'll bring like a quote or something, you know, that I, that I saw or watched or read, you know, to the Inspiration Station. It is not that this week for Interesting. Me. This is a person that was an inspiration to me this week. And it's one of our misfit stars. And I'm not going to say who this person is okay. because I want to protect their privacy. Um, but this person um, just today finalized um, their divorce. Mm. And so the reason that I'm bringing this up as an inspiration station item is that uh, because this person's in our misfit stars community and I've had the opportunity to get to know them over the last couple of years, they have shared 
openly in the Misfit Stars social network about the process of this divorce that they've been going through um, and all the reasons why the the divorce was initiated to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I have seen how this person has fought so hard to reclaim their life from a... uh, a situation, a relationship that um, that was not allowing them to be uh, to, to live the kind of life that they want to like to thrive, to live and to thrive exactly. And they have fought so hard for this, and they finalized that divorce today. That's and I, so great. As somebody who is, I, I was I was once divorced before I knew Jamie. I had, was married to somebody else, and we what? had to <laughs> divorce. That's your favorite joke. It's evergreen, really. <laughs> um, you know, I'm here to say that, like. It is, it, it sounds funny to like celebrate divorce, right? Like that's, it's not something that our, that we are uh, sort of, it's not something that our culture encourages us to celebrate necessarily. Well, I mean, it is and, a Christian patriarchy. Right, exactly. But it is, it really is sometimes um, an occasion for celebrating sort of a, a liberation and a, a new beginning for people. And um, so I just, I was inspired by this person, this misfit star of ours this week and um, and know all of the the hard work they've put into their own personal growth and development yeah. to get to the point where they had the, the tenacity to go after this. And so I'm inspired. And I love it. Yay, misfit star. Good for you. Good I'm job. inspired by you. How about you? I've got this wonderful quote that mm-hmm. I read. Uh, it's from the, uh, the author, Ursula K. Le Guin. Okay. And it says, Love doesn't just sit there like a stone. It has to be made like bread, remade all the time, made new. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that, that lovely? Yes. I love it. You know what it made me think of? And mm. I hope you don't mind me sharing this, and mm. I'll just share lightly about it. Sure. Like, you and I just... Ended up having like over a couple of days this weekend about seven hours of relationship discussion, yeah. you know? And it just, it was one of those things. It, this real, this quote really made me think of it. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. bad. It was really good that we were doing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it was just one of those times where I just think that like anyone who's been in a relationship for a long time knows that like you can just, every once in a while, like your filter kind of gets clogged and you got to go clean it out, yeah. you know? <laughs> Get the flow going again. You know what I mean? And it was one of those, like nothing was really wrong it wasn't like that it's just that there was just stuff we need to talk about yeah just to like make sure that we're up to date and current and like mm-hmm. and our filters clean and we're just good to go again mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. uh and it really made this reading this quote really made me think about that because it was exactly like that you yeah. know like not taking it for granted not sitting there like a stone just remaking it making it new again yeah i really thought that was apropos oh. That's exactly what I thought of when you read the quote too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very special. Thank cool. you. Yeah, totally. Very special. Um, well, let's maybe wrap things up with a gratitude crank up. Let's do. Do you want me to go? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I'd be happy to. So I am grateful to the universe for providing, and lest I sound like a huge hippie, <laughs> you know, it's easy for me sometimes just because of how I'm wired as a human being, but also given the just consistent precarity of our lives as a married pair of working artists, mm. it's easy for me sometimes to get into periods of worry or insecurity about the future or totally. just concern, wondering, you know, just money stress, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. like just career stress, ex- existential stress, yeah. any kind of stress. There are many <laughs> stresses that I can feel about all this sort of stuff, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and it, I just had, I don't know, I had sort of a remembering over the last couple of days that it's okay 
when things are uncertain mm. and that it's also okay even in those moments just to trust the universe, mm. you know? Mm. Uh, and so I am just grateful today to the universe for providing for me. Even though I'm not really certain what that's going to look like for mm. this, like you and I are embarking on so many unknown things and transitions in our work life, you yeah. know? I'm not, neither of us is certain at all how any of that's going to turn out. Right. But I feel okay about that today because I am remembering that I can just trust the universe and I can be grateful to the universe for consistently having provided for me through all of my fraught, vulnerable, uncertain moments in the first 50 years of my life. <laughs> like somehow, I, like many of them felt existential and yet here I am. Yeah. And I imagine yeah. that that'll be the same way 50 years from now, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm grateful for today. How That's about you? super profound. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Um, I my my item for my gratitude crank up is very simple in comparison to your profound profundity. Is it like candy or something? No, okay. I'm just I'm very simply grateful because I'm grateful for candy. Yeah, <laughs> the massive amount of leftover candy we, we have we, for Halloween. We bought 300 pieces of candy and gave away I don't know maybe 50. Yeah, we have so. Much candy. We overbought. And most of that 50 was to this one little three-year-old who we said, you can take three, and she did three handfuls. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was so good. It was wonderful. Oh. Uh, no, my my gratitude item is just a, very simply that I'm I'm grateful for our cozy home. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just, I, you know, I I it was cold this afternoon, and I, like, I'm still wrapped up in a blanket. You are. And it's been rainy outside, and I just am grateful to have this warm space yeah. that I love to be in, and... It's a, it's just a very simple, a simple gratitude today. But also profound. We're very, very lucky. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right on. Well, that's it for today. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening. So much. We're so glad that you have uh, chosen to spend a little bit of your time with us. Quite. If you are um, uh, a member of our Misfit Stars community already, thank you. You are helping support us through this time. Mm -hmm. means a lot. If you are not yet a supporting member of Misfit Stars, I would like to invite you to become a supporting member of Misfit Stars. If this podcast has been meaningful to you in some way, uh, if what Jamie and I do in the world is meaningful to you in some way, and you are in a position to be like, yeah, I could throw down a, a few bucks a month yeah. <laughs> to support that, um, it would mean so much to us if mm -hmm. you would do that. It's not like we're looking for, um, you know, big, huge benefactors. We're looking for... Although, I mean, if that's you, let's well, talk. I mean, let's talk, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I'll have my people call your people. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use your money to hire people, and then we'll have them call your people. Exactly right. Because <laughs> we have but no, no but people, it's just What we me. do is we aggregate the support of a lot of people, um, pitching in yeah. a little bit, and that adds up to be the thing that has kept us afloat um, and will keep us afloat in going forward in the future. Yep. Continuing to do the things we do, create the things we create um, in community uh, with and for our people, and that's you. So And make them available to you and everyone like you at no cost to you because now people are paying for it via this monthly yeah. like support. Totally. It's really profound, right? Like art doesn't have to be some weird like money thing. It can just be us making stuff that like that we believe in and that you believe in in our funding and then we just give it to you to enrich your life. Right, right, like, right. It, it can be just as simple as that. Yeah. And the thing that makes that all happen is the ongoing monthly support of our Misfit Stars community of which you can become a member at misfitstars.com slash support. Mm -hmm. That's it. Good pitch, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, and thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week 
we'll be back next week with a... Oh, yeah, right. With, a, with an episode that we're going to record pre-election. we got to record it Monday because we're volunteering all day on election day. Yes, and then, um, and then it will come out the day after the election. But again, we might not even know some of the results from those elections by Wednesday morning. So... Anyway, we're we're gonna come with you, come to you with that that pre-election recording. Uh, that's gonna be still just you know goodness for your soul, no matter what happens next Tuesday. Yes, that's and then our, our we aim. will surely be digging much more deeply into the election results the week after. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Uh, until then, take good care of yourselves. Be good to each other. Yeah, we love y'all. Bye. Bye.